Just if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Luke chapter 18? Luke chapter 18, beginning to read at verse 1 through to verse 8. And we'll just pray as we turn to God's word tonight. Amen. Father, in thy name we come. We pray, Lord, as we open your word, that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear. Lord, that you would speak into our lives afresh your precious word of truth. And we ask, O oh God, that your name would be glorified. Lord, by your anointing, you would destroy every yoke and every work of the enemy, that you would save souls, you restore the cold in heart, you would deliver the oppressed, you would heal the sick in our midst tonight, Lord. You bring peace to every troubled heart and every troubled mind. You'd bind up every wound, Lord, above everything, that your name would be glorified in this house tonight. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. And everyone said it. Amen. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow Troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. Just that verse 8, I want to read it again. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Jesus Christ, who is the beginning and the end, the eternal Son, brings this parable to the very last stages of time and history, as the time is about to close, brings this thought and this truth to your hearts. When he comes, in the last days, in the last moments, when Jesus comes back, shall he find faith on the earth? What a profound thought. I just want to speak for a few moments tonight. When we look into the year that's coming, this morning we were just looking at that fresh fire but tonight I just want to encourage you about fresh faith, a confidence in God, that God is in control, that God's leading the way, that God knows all about our troubles, that we put our trust and our faith in Him. He is faithful and He will bring us through. It was to the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22. We know the story so well. But it was to the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew 9, 22. Jesus turned, turned, turned him about, and when he saw her, he said unto her daughter, Be of good comfort. He said, Thy faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole that very same hour. It was two blind men in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. When he touched their very eyes, he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. It was to the Canaanite woman whose daughter was tormented with a demon. 
In Matthew 15 and verse 28, Jesus said, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thy wilt. And her daughter, her daughter was made whole, even that very hour. It was to the man that was sick of palsy, who was carried by four on a bed. In Mark chapter 2 and verse 4, when they came to the house, they could, come, could not come nigh because of the press. But they uncovered the roof where he was. They broke it up. They let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. And when Jesus saw the faith of the four, he said unto the man that was sick, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. It was to the centurion whose servant was sick and asked Jesus to heal him in Luke chapter 7. When Jesus heard these things, from this centurion, he marveled at him and turned about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. It was to the leper in Luke chapter 17 who came back to thank the Lord for saving and for healing him. And he said, Arise, go thy way. It's thy faith that has made thee whole. It was to the infamous woman, the notable sinner, in Luke chapter 7 that came to the feet of Christ. He said, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. It was Christ would reserve His rebuke often for those that followed Him the closest with this little term and this little sentence when He said, O ye of little faith. In Matthew chapter 8, in the midst of doubt and fear, he turned to his disciples and said unto them, In the midst of that storm, Why are ye faithful, O ye of little faith? It was when Peter was sinking in the sea, and Jesus stretched forth his hand to lift him up. He said, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt me? It was when they were concerned about material possessions that Jesus said in Luke 12 and 28, if God will clothe the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will God, our Father, look after every one of us? O ye, he said, of little faith. When they were out one day and they forgot to bring the bread and they began to argue amongst themselves and blame one another for forgetting the bread, Jesus said, O ye of little faith, why are you reasoning amongst yourselves? Because you brought no bread? Right before them stood the very bread of heaven, the bread of life. He looked into the heart of Peter in Luke chapter 22 and 32 and said, Peter, I know everything that's ahead. That's what he was basically saying. I know every trial that you're going to face. I know the storm that you're walking through at this time. I know the buffeting that's coming your way. I know what the enemy would try to do in your life to discourage you. But I want to tell you something, Peter. I have prayed for thee. What? That your faith, that your faith will not fail. I thank God tonight, friends, that there is a man up in the glory and his name's Jesus Christ and he ever liveth to intercede for the saints. That's you tonight. If you're a saint, would you say amen? I want to encourage you, friend, that Jesus tonight is up in the glory and he's praying for you. What a thought. 
What a thought in the midst of this world when Jesus looks ahead in time, knowing it from the end of the beginning, knowing the trials that are going to come, knows everything about 2019, knows what tomorrow holds, knows what's going to happen next week. He's the great eternal God. But thank God tonight, friend, if you're saved, there's one up in the glory and his name is Jesus and he ever liveth to make intercession for me and for you. In the midst of all that we're going through and what this world is facing and all the trials and the storms that are coming, it's good to know tonight that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's good to know that you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's good to know that you're born again. It's good to know you've got a song in your heart. It's good to know that your faith is not in Stormont or in, in London or in the Downing Street. I don't know what's going to happen about Brexit, but friends, Whatever happens about Brexit, it's good to know there's one up in the glory and his name's Jesus. We're trusting in him. He said in the last times, when he comes, when he's revealed, when Christ bursts through the clouds, in all his glory and all his splendor, when the sky rolls back and the Son of God comes bursting through those clouds, he says, when I come to this earth, that second time, Will I find faith on this planet? What a revelation and what a thought. When I come again, I'm not looking to find religious people. I'm not looking to find people that have an outward experience. I'm looking for a people that have put their whole trust and their faith in me. When I come again, will I find faith on this earth? Isn't it an amazing thought? That when all of it's said and done, the revelation that he brings out in Luke chapter 18, bringing us through that parable, in the end he says, standing 2,000 years ago in flesh on this planet before Calvary, he stands and brings us right to the last moments of time. I believe most likely the very days in which we're living in. It is possible. It is possible that this generation will witness the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know it's possible? Do you know it's possible we can witness the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ while this meeting is going on? Do you know what is possible? That we could be right on the verge of Christ coming through those clouds in all His glory and all His splendor and every eye will see Him. Do you know what's possible? It could happen tonight. And friends, when he comes, he brings this thought to us. When the Son of Man is revealed, will he find faith, faith, faith upon this earth? He encouraged his followers in Mark 11 and 22. Simply, have faith in God. He simply said, have faith. In God. In Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20, I want you just to turn to it if you could. Jesus, all this time, as much as he rebuked them for their lack of confidence, that's what that little phrase means, oh ye of little faith. It simply means you've lost confidence in God. His followers had lost a confidence in God, in Christ. And so that's what that little term means, oh ye of little faith. He reserved it only to those that followed him. He never said it to the Pharisees. He never said it to his enemies. But he said, O ye of little faith, only to those that followed him. He was instructing them in the way of faith and trust in him. 
In Matthew 17 and verse 20, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and if you say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it this kind goeth out not out but by prayer and by fasting. When we put what little faith we may have, but when we put it into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, there's nothing shall be impossible unto you. In Matthew 21, 21, just a few chapters over, he said again, he's instructing them, he's teaching them, the master's instructing the disciples in Matthew 21, 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing, what does he say? Ye shall receive Faith, we don't know what holds what's happening in this year. No idea. You agree with me that everything's in turmoil. I mean, it's just a mess. Everything around us is in a mess. But I want to tell you something. There's a king on the throne. Heaven is not disturbed one iota by what's happening all around this globe. Jesus is in control. And he's encouraging his people with this idea and with this thought to put your total faith and trust in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just a fresh faith in our hearts, a clear and a fresh sense of faith to believe God for the year that's coming. A fresh confidence that whatever's going to happen Whatever's coming, whatever's coming our way, whatever's going to happen in this world, really, we really don't know. We really don't know, but He knows. But a faith in Him, that whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Though the winds are coming and the storms will come, we have a faith in God that we believe and we know that He's in control. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, And 17, if you're here tonight and you're just wanting a fresh sense of faith in your heart to believe God for the year, would you say amen? It's okay to ask, by the way, the disciples did. They asked. Faith comes by hearing Romans 10 and 17 and hearing by the Word of God. The reason why I went through so many of these great accounts in the New Testament was to encourage our faith tonight. It was according to their faith that the Lord would move and heal and touch and deliver and save. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's very simple tonight. If you're here in this meeting and you don't believe, you don't believe that He's your Savior, you don't believe that He died for you, you don't believe that He rose again on the third day, you don't believe that He's your answer, You don't believe that he's your healer. You don't believe that he's your baptizer. Can I just say very simply, you'll not be disappointed. Because without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. But if there's a faith in your heart, and you know in the very depths of your being, not in the outward, but in the very depths of your heart, 
that this is the Christ of God, that he died on that cross and he died for me, that he rose again on that third day and he rose triumphant over the devil, over sin and over the grave and he ascended up into heaven and I know that this Jesus is real. If there's a faith, a sense in your heart tonight to believe God, then I want to tell you, friends, we heard Lainey praying at the start of this meeting what happened to her 23 years ago when she was wonderfully born again of the Spirit. Your life can be transformed by the power of God with the miracle of the new birth. It requires faith. Not just faith. We'll go to it in a moment. But without this faith, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and 6, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, what must he do? He must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But faith, I want to encourage you with this. Faith must have an act of obedience with it. Faith must have an act of obedience. In Acts chapter 2, in the great day of Pentecost, Peter's preaching unto the power of the Holy Ghost. The conviction has swept across 3,000 people. Their hearts are pricked. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, they said, What must we do, Peter? And Peter says, Now you're believing. God's awakened your heart. You're under conviction. What did he say? You must repent and be baptized. You see, I believe. But let me tell you, friends, the devils believe and they tremble. So when there's a belief in your heart, that Jesus died on the cross, that he's your only way of salvation, that you know he's your savior, then what must come after that is an act of obedience. There has to be repentance from sin. I know that's a word that's not used much, but friends, unless there's repentance, there is no conversion. We're just adding Jesus to our lives. And we believe We walk out in the street tonight, I would say up to 80 or 90% of people would say, oh yeah, I believe there's a God. But that's not enough to save them. There must be repentance. There must be a turning from our sin. James puts it this way. If you have your Bibles, James chapter 2 and verse 17. James 2 and 17. If you turn over, we'll read it together. James 2 and 17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show ye my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest really well, but the devils also believe, and they tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought works wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. You know, when there's that faith to believe God, there must be an action, an obedience to God's word for it to be real faith. There's an awful lot of stuff goes about today about faith and what faith is. But friends, there has to be an act of obedience because we believe. My hope is in the Lord. And the cry of the apostles in Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. The apostles said unto the Lord, Lord, 
Would you increase our faith? I wonder, is that your prayer tonight? Lord, would you increase our faith? Is there a cry for a greater capacity to believe God in 2019 for a great move of the Spirit of the living God, for the souls of men, for a breakthrough in our families, in our homes, and in this land? Is there a faith in our hearts to believe for the impossible? This faith, the the apostles cried, was for an increase. We have to have a confidence in God to see the mighty work of God in the year that's ahead. We need a faith and a willingness to obey God no matter the cost or how it looks. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, where's all the Sunday school? Hebrews 11 and verse 1, this is your verse for the year. This is your theme. Isn't that right? Anybody want to quote it? Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Let's ask you. Hebrews 11 and 1. My faith is the substance of things, so for the evidence of things not seen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She's been listening. Sunday school teachers are so proud now. Any other, any other students want to read it out? Quote it. Hebrews 11 and 1. Okay, Isaac. Praise the Lord. Anybody else tonight? Any of the grown-ups want to tread? Hebrews 11 and verse 1. What a, what a verse for the year. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things that's not seen. You see, friends, if it's all seen, if it's all by the senses, if it's all about our feelings and what we see in the natural, then we don't need God. It's what we're achieving ourselves. It's what we're doing by our own acts. It's how we live our lives. But this life has to be lived by faith in Jesus Christ, not in our own strength. The Amplified Version said this of Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the assurance, is the title deed, is the confirmation of things hoped for and divinely guaranteed. It is the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That goes against all logic. It goes against all all the brain boxes of the day. Listen to that phrase again. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Our whole world is being persuaded by the physical in every way. And everywhere you go, you walk down the street, everything as you walk down that street is to persuade you by the physical. Every billboard, every advertisement, everything around, every shop window is to attract the attention and the natural basis. But we are not off this world. We are not part of this thing. Our, our hope is in Jesus and our faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. It wasn't how it looked by the natural. Actually, most people thought they were mad. They were crazy men and women believing God, barren wombs, men that would leave all and they would follow after God, men that would turn and leave their countries and leave their families because they believed. They believed beyond the natural realm. Jesus said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find a faith, 
a faith that believes and a faith that obeys this God. The enemy would seek to take away your confidence in God. The battle really, friends, in this last moment, I believe, is for your faith in Jesus, your confidence in God. All the things that are happening around us, all the disappointments, all the despair, all all the discouragements that are coming is to take away our confidence in God, our faith in God, that what He said He would do, He is going to do. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35, if you have your Bibles, just turn to it because I just want to encourage you as we close tonight. The enemy is for your faith. He's against it. To take away your confidence in God. What God has promised. What God has put in your heart. What dream God has given you. The hopes that you've had. The promises that he's given. And all of these things. The enemy would seek to destroy your faith and confidence in God. And bring you to a place of despair. But God says these in his Bible. says in Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he shall come, he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just are going to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. That after you've done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. We're in need of patience. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't jack it in. Don't walk away. Don't say I've had enough. Don't say the trials are too much. I can't go on. I can't make it. Friends, I want to tell you, Jesus is coming. It's a time to believe God. It's a time to press through with God. It's a time to stand for God. It's a time to rejoice in this great salvation. He will come, and He will come with the salvation of your soul. It tells us there, if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Do you know that phrase there simply means to car or to shrink away, to be a card. Just in the day of battle, in the day of warfare, just to leave the field and turn away. In Psalm 78, it says these words, verse 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob, appointed a law in Israel. He commanded our fathers that they should make known to their children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. What awesome verses. Just listen to these words again. He established this testimony and appointed a law in Israel, and he commanded our fathers that they should make known to their children. Brothers and sisters, I'm sure you'll agree with me tonight that the youth and our young generation are being completely and totally ravished by the powers of darkness. I mean literally ravished by the powers of hell. We heard it just last week uh, over in Kims there, just hearing of all those young people in recent days that have taken their own life. We, we hear it so often now. It's just like 
It's just like another one. It's, it's so sad. The reality of the day in which we've come, we just hear constantly of suicide and all the powers of darkness. But there has to be a testimony in this hour. The challenge was to the fathers that they should make known to their children and that the generation to come might know them, even the children that should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. The promise was for our children and our children's children. A testimony that when this young band of people come up, even those that are yet to be born, there's a baby that's going to be born in 2019 by the grace of God. But the declaration to that baby must be that there is a way. And that way is a way of victory. And that way is Jesus Christ. And he's the answer and a testimony for this world around us. In verse 7 it says, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And may not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim being armed, carrying bows in the day of battle, in the day of battle, they turned back. They turn back. Brothers and sisters, listen. There's a battle today. And it's a raging battle. Most of the time, and I've said it often from this platform, the battle is not with fists and feet and sticks and stones. But the battle that the believer faces today that's raging is the battle that goes on in the recesses of a man and a woman's mind. The onslaught of the powers of darkness. You know, I've heard it said, and I believe this with everything, that it is a very fine line when it comes to the very sanity of a man's mind. It's a fine line. I want to tell you, friends, the Bible talks of a full armor of God. There's a helmet of salvation. And there's a renewing of that mind. The battle gets so fierce. It gets so intense. The discouragements are so great. The powers of the enemy come against the church of Jesus Christ. And because so much is happening, many turn back in the day of battle. Maybe even tonight in this meeting, there's one saint of God, child of God, so beaten down, so troubled, so discouraged that in the very recesses of that mind, it's not that the heart wants to leave Jesus, but in the recesses of that mind, it would be better to turn back. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, brother or sister tonight, whoever that may be, it's not the day to turn back. It's the day to lift up your eyes onto the hills, for whence cometh your help, your help cometh from the Lord. The battle is on, but thanks be to God tonight, he gives us the victory. Thanks be to God tonight that he's overcome the enemy, that he's overcome our adversary. Thanks be to God tonight, there's the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank God for the power that is in that blood. And he says in verse 10, They kept not the covenant and refused to walk in his law. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. I tell you, friends, the greatest wonder 
that we can ever come to understand or have a revelation of is that Christ died on that cross and he died for you and he died for me. There is no greater wonder. They talk about the seven wonders of the world. But I want to tell you there is no greater wonder that the Lamb of God came into this sin-sick world, hung on that central cross, and died for all of humanity, died for you, and died for me. When the Son of Man comes, will he find a faith on this earth? Surely, it could be and should be the prayer of every believer in this heart, as it was the prayer of the apostles. God, increase our faith. Faith to believe, to walk in your way, and to believe God for the impossible. Perhaps you're in this room tonight, you don't know Jesus as your own personal Savior. You don't know him as your Lord. You believe in him. You believe that it's true. So often you meet people, talk to them. They believe in the Bible. They believe that God created it all. They believe in Jesus. They believe everything that you say to them. But never have they repented truly of their sin and fallen on their knees and cried out for mercy. I want to encourage you tonight, friends. There must be repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There must be true repentance of turning from sin, turning from the world, turning from the things of the world, and a faith in Christ. There has to be the act of obedience and faith. Faith to believe and to obey and to believe God for the impossible. With man, this is all impossible. But with God, all things are possible. As we go into this year, may God give us a fresh fire, but may there be a fresh faith and a confidence in our hearts that our God is able, friends. Whatever you face, however impossible it may be, know the trials are coming. Friends, know this. Our God is able. He is a faithful God, and he's looking for that simple faith in our hearts to believe him. God, increase our faith for this year. Increase our faith for the supernatural, for the things that are impossible, not for the things that we can do. Then we don't need faith, and we don't need God. If we can do it, we don't need God. But for that which is impossible, how many people face a mountain? Many people are facing impossibilities. Then we need a faith in our hearts to believe God for the impossible. Is God able? Praise the Lord, he's able. Let's pray together tonight.